0: Hello everyone. I'm Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers detox podcast. And you can learn more about my work at myersdetox.com and learn how to detox your body mentally and emotionally and physically as well. So today we have a great guest on the show, Dr. Carol Lurie, and she is an expert in breast cancer integrative care and what to do. If you get a breast cancer diagnosis, she can tell you what to do next, what's the, be- the next approach. Cause I think what happens is, you know people get uh, a, a diagnosis of cancer and then they're panicked. They do immediately what their conventional medical doctor says to do. And there are so many options and there's a, a big learning curve that uh, people encounter when they're looking at conventional approaches at uh, alternative approaches, um, looking at diet and they get pressure from family members to just do what the doctor says and so I think people need to kind of stop, take a breath and uh, and look at their options, get a second opinion and not leave their healthcare and their life in the decision of one person, uh, their primary care doctors. So, uh, you know, I am for uh, some conventional approaches to cancer, but I think people really need to take a look at uh, alternative approaches. They need to look at emotional detoxification as well. You know, cancers uh, always have an underlying emotional trauma component to them. And that's why I created my new program called the Emotional Detox Program. Uh, you can check that out at emo-detox.com if you wanna learn more about that. And it's a 30 hour course It goes into all the research behind using sound therapy and uh, frequency and energy medicine to address emotional traumas that lie in your energy field and clear them permanently. So they don't cause physical health issues. The ACEs study showed that 67% of physical health issues stem from emotional trauma. Shocking, but established in the research. So you want to be looking at uh, emotional trauma as an underlying root cause to many health issues and, sim- and symptoms, including cancer. So we touch on uh, emotional trauma on the show. We also talk about what you should do uh, you know, after you finish treatment. A ways that you can prevent reoccurrence of cancer or breast cancer, and a lot of the different uh, you know mindset approaches that you can use as well, and how important that is. Just a lot of really good information on the show today. So our guest, uh, Dr. Carol Louis is a dedicated practitioner with over three decades of clinical experience as a naturopath and acupuncturist and a homeopath. She's helped hundreds of women recover their health and restore their life through their holistic protocols involving focused nutrition, targeted supplementation, lifestyle changes, and a centered mindset. Uh, Carol specializes in complex and chronic disease management, uh, focusing on women's health, uh, specifically breast cancer, fertility for older women, and autoimmune illness. And so when the body and mind work together, healing is always possible. Uh, you can learn more about Carol and her work at carollori.com.
1: Carol, thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm so honored and excited for being here. Thank you so much for having me.
0: Yes, yeah, I've been wanting to have you come on for a while because you talk about uh, cancer and specifically breast cancer. And uh, so tell us about how you got into that, kind of why you developed a passion for helping women with cancer.
1: Well, thank you so much and welcome to the audience. I'm so excited to be here. I want to start out by saying that when I was a student at the National College of Naturopathic Medicine, of course, we studied cancer and everybody has heard about cancer, but it's until it becomes personal to you, it's just a disease. And it became personal to me when a dear friend of mine went for her annual mammogram and called me up hysterically the next day. I thought it was a crank call. I couldn't recognize her voice. And she said they found a lump. So from that moment on, it became very personal to me, and I accompanied her through 18 months of her treatment of doctor's appointments, biopsy, lumpectomy, surgery, uh, radiation, chemotherapy, infusions, you name it, I was there. And then I took care of her on the the other side of that. So I I had an up-close and personal experience of what was working in medical oncology, and there is a lot versus what was lacking. And there is also a lot. So I started taking those skills that I developed and my practice, all of a sudden, I had a lot of women coming to me with breast cancer. Breast cancer is so large of a problem in the world. In the US, in Canada, there are 7.5 million women who have been, uh, or who are alive, who have been diagnosed and treated within the last five years. That's a lot of women. And so we're part of this community, which brings our expertise to the world. And I created this online program. It's called Empowered Against Recurrence. And it's to help women after they finished active treatment to do these integrative tools and add these integrative tools into their life to reduce their risk of recurrence. And now I also have a program called Empowered Through Treatment which is to help women get through treatment with reduced side effects and actually end up healthier at the end than they were at the beginning which is the goal isn't it
0: yeah absolutely absolutely because there's a lot of you know fear when women or people you know get that diagnosis and then there're so many people giving them advice and telling them what they think they should do and then they're just the, I think the doctors can instill a lot of fear, like you have to do this now, you have to have surgery now, and chemo, radiation. And my father also went through that when uh, he uh, was diagnosed with esophageal cancer. And you kind of just have this information overwhelm, overload, and know what what to do, or who to listen to, or what's correct. And, and so let's talk a little bit about, you know, how does integrative care benefit women? Women that are going through breast cancer treatment. So what can they do? in addition to what their conventional doctor is saying.
1: Sure. So the first thing, and you brought up a really important point, Wendy, is that when you're first diagnosed with cancer, unless it's pressing on a vital organ, it's not a medical emergency. It took a while to it took quite a while to develop to the point where the symptom was felt or a a lump was discovered on a mammogram or by self breast exam. So it takes a while for, the cells to develop into a tumor. So it's not a medical emergency. So you can take a week or two to do your due diligence and ask for a second opinion and then bring in integrative care. And there are uh, naturopathic, uh, naturopaths who specialize in naturopathic oncology. There are medical uh, doctors who are integrative oncologists who can add. There are acupuncturists who specialize in um, acupuncture in Chinese medicine with an oncology specialty. So you can find people to bring into your team, which is the key word here. It takes a village. It's a team approach. I'm an integrative practitioner. I I like to take the best of both worlds, medical oncology and what I do to improve outcome and lessen the side effects of treatment, and then help women know that they are doing everything possible to reduce their risk of recurrence. And so I'll give you an example. If you're going through treatment and you're having chemotherapy, you don't want to eat a steak today and go for chemotherapy tomorrow and think that you won't get sick. So you need to prepare your body for chemotherapy. And the good news is there's an enormous amount of research which you can easily find in PubMed that has been shown which when you use intermittent fasting and you go for chemotherapy, the cancer cells are hungry because they haven't been fed and they take up more of the chemotherapy and the healthy cells go in protective mode. So they take up less. So I help women learn what is integrative. um, How can you apply integrative tools to your treatment? What is intermittent fasting and how do you show up for chemotherapy with a positive attitude having done intermittent fasting, bringing certain healing teas and to reduce nausea, and then go through chemotherapy, and then really take some very targeted supplements a few days after the treatment is over to really protect your bone health so you can reduce your um, potential anemia. And so what does integrative
0: care mean like for anyone that maybe isn't familiar with that? So what are some integrative protocols or what does what integrative care mean and Give us a list of things that can entail in regards to cancer.
1: Integrative care is, some people would call it alternative care. And I feel like it's integrative because you want to take the best of what the medical world offers, no matter what that is, diagnostic works like CT scans, MRI, even potential surgery. And then you want to add naturopathic or integrative or holistic strategies such as eating a certain way, and taking certain supplements made by companies that create their products to pharmaceutical quality standards, employing certain lifestyle changes to how you live your life. For example, when you, um, I had a woman come in to see me who had the diagnosis of unexplained infertility. And she had on a ton of perfume and I said to her, tell me about scents. And she said, oh, I love scent. I have the plugins, I have the sticks and the oil. And this was the cincher for me. I spray my sofa with that product called Febreze. So for those of you who don't know the term estrogen disruptors, all of those chemicals uh, take up space in your body. And when estrogen comes time to be eliminated from your body, they've already um, taken up the parking spot, so to speak. So the real estrogen, there's no place for it to be eliminated in a healthy way. And it hangs out in your body and becomes an unhealthy form of estrogen, which can lead to polycystic ovarian syndrome, infertility, breast cancer, endometriosis. So this sofa syndrome that she had, we had to throw out her sofa and she had to buy a new sofa because we couldn't get those toxic chemicals in it. When she sat on the sofa, When you sleep with sheets that have been put through the laundry with a dryer sheet, your pores absorb those chemicals. So there's a direct impact to what the products you're using in your home and how healthy you are in your life. So that is a a very concrete example of what is integrative care. It's having a toxin-free home. There are many things in our life which we cannot control 100% what we're exposed to, but the chemicals in your house, you can definitely control what you bring into your home. Do you filter your water? Do you use eco-laundry detergent and dishwashing detergent? Do you have an air filtration system in your home? All of those things make a huge impact on your everyday health.
0: Yeah, it's amazing the amount of chemicals that our are people are, that are using uh, to clean their home. Our bodies can handle bacteria. Okay. They don't handle all this plethora of chemicals very well that we're just bathing our home and not to mention spraying perfume all over us. Perfume is like secondhand smoke, uh, Mm -hmm. essentially. It's really bad. So I mentioned before when people first get a diagnosis, um, there's a lot of overwhelm and and people feel fearful and they don't know what to do. What, What is the first step that someone should take when they first get a cancer diagnosis?
1: I know this sounds a little bit strange, but try to relax. It's so easy to go into the emergency fight or flight mode. You're getting a lot of pressure, you're upset, you're freaked out, and it's not a medical emergency. So you want to do your due diligence to, if you're about to undergo treatment, first, I would recommend in certain circumstances, always get a second opinion, especially if somebody is telling you you need an emergency mastectomy. You want to make sure you're doing the right thing. Number one, maybe you need something called neo-adjuvant chemotherapy, which is an initial round of chemotherapy to shrink the tumor. So then it becomes smaller and then maybe you would be uh, eligible for lumpectomy. You don't know this. I mean, you're thrust into a world of medical terms and statistics that you haven't had any experience with. It's like asking me to fix a car. I don't know how to do that. And there's this big pressure to learn everything you need to do right away to make a decision. So I think it's very important to take a week or two to educate yourself to, um, if you have an acupuncturist, start going for acupuncture, to clean up your diet, to um, part of the tools that I have in my online program is gathering your healing and supportive team. If you have children, and you're about to go through uh, chemotherapy and you have three kids who are, you're used to driving them to three different sports activities, you're not gonna be able to do that. So where do we, how do we then, you know, gather your community to take over so many things that women do every day? I think as women, we don't realize how many different tasks we do in a day for our professional work, for our work in the home, as caretakers. So all of these need to be, you need to realize you're going to be out of commission for a while and you need to have the space to go through chemotherapy and then take a nap. a couple of days, go home and relax. And that's not your normal life. So how do you gather your community and family around you to support you through that?
0: Yeah. And I I think it's a really important point that you mentioned that, you know, it takes a village and you should have a a number of people on your care team, because I think a big mistake people make is listening to one person because that one single person does not have all the answers. And I think people really revere their medical doctors and, and, and they get people get a lot of pressure from family members to just do what the doctor says, because the family members are are fearful of losing you, you know, but I, yeah, but I think people really need to really take to heart that one person doesn't know everything you need to consult with other people, get second opinions on uh, your, your course of treatment.
1: Absolutely. I think that's very important. And to get a long-term perspective of about, okay, I'm gonna be in chemotherapy every three weeks. I have you know my infusion and I need to prepare for a few days before it and I'm gonna be out of it for a few days after it. So I'm gonna take off, you know make sure I have five days where I don't have any um, responsibility for my family other than taking care of myself. And I need to bring in my community and my team to make up for the fact that I'm not available then. And the rest of the time, I am gonna. I realize I have 15 things on my plate that I do every week, and I'm only going to be able to do five of them. So who's going to do the other two? So it makes things go into priority really quickly, I think, for a lot of women. Yeah, this meeting isn't that important. This person, all she does is talk about her own problems. I'm not going to be talking to her so much these days. You have to reorient your life. It's an opportunity to make really important changes in a very positive way so that when you're done your treatment, when you come out of it, you go into recovery and preventing recurrence, but like you're in better shape than you were in a lot of ways when you first started treatment. And that's my goal. I know that sounds strange, but I want women to come out of treatment in better shape in a lot of different ways than they were when they started.
0: Yeah. And I think chemo or I think a cancer diagnosis is a big wake up call. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, it's scary and stressful, but it's also, you know, the universe telling you that, you know, you need to change a lot of things in your life. Like you can't do everything and be everything to everyone and give yourself away. And you can't ignore that emotional trauma. Uh, that you had in your past that could be contributing to this. They're just like a whole wake up call that I think people have that I think people uh, could view as a blessing. You know, Uh, can you talk a little about that?
1: Sure. When I uh, bring a woman into my practice and in my group, I go through, I think it's very important to talk about trauma and emotional stress. And I say to them, one of the intake questions is, have you ever had anything upsetting happen to you now? How in life could the answer to that be no? I mean, it's impossible. We all have had upsetting things happen as we get older. And so somebody, often women say, I realize that, well, yeah, this happened, but it was 30 years ago. It couldn't be what's, you know, or this happened, it was 10 years ago. Well, the answer is what happened 10 years ago or 30 years ago can definitely impact your health because at the moment of a traumatic event, we take a breath in, and what we can't handle emotionally goes into our cells. And with time and stress and exposure to toxic chemicals in our homes, boom, you get an estrogen uh, dominant uh, hormonal breast cancer. So I I think that in order to heal completely, we need to attend to the physical, but we also need to remember that there is a very strong body-mind connection and the two of them are one in the same coin. So, if you only look at, well, I'm just going to go do chemotherapy and radiation, which is fine, but, and you don't bring in the emotional component and the lifestyle component, you are doing yourself a disservice in the long term for your health.
0: Yeah, I, I personally believe all cancers have an underlying emotional trauma component to them. Absolutely. Um, and so, how do you prepare your, your body and your mind for chemotherapy and radiation and potentially surgery?
1: Well, there's a physiological um, preparation we need to do is, as I mentioned, we need to do intermittent fasting before chemo. Changing your diet is very important. Cleaning up your house, uh, removing toxins, looking at your lifestyle and thinking, you know, have I become a couch potato working, uh, working too much, sitting on my rear end and not getting any exercise or positive movement. I think positive movement is extremely important. There's a lot of research supporting uh, that supports the benefits physiologically for your healthy cells when you stress out your body with intense cardiovascular movement and you need to keep your tendons and your muscles strong. And these days, a lot of us are just sitting on our rear end doing Zoom meetings all day. So where is the balance? I mean, and also, What are the two forms of positive movement that you like that you'll do? For example, if somebody told me to go swimming, I would, that would never happen because I don't want to mess up my hair, but I like to do power walking. So every day I'm out there looking ridiculous with my glasses and my hat and my two pound weights doing my power walks up these where I live in a very hilly neighborhood And I don't care because it's great for my muscles, it's great for my bones, it's great for my cardiovascular system, and that's what I found works for me. So everybody's form of positive movement is different. Some women love love to go swimming. That's just not who I am. And we need that. We need this stretch moment where we're stressing our body in a positive physiological way to optimize our health.
0: Yes. Yes. Uh, and so what's one element that women can, can really easily control to reduce the risk of cancer recurrence once, once they've
1: recovered? Okay. What, what can they do um, to easily control? They can clean up, remove you know, environmental toxins from their house. They can change their diet, change what they eat. It's not diet, it's change what they eat to organic plant-based diet. I have, um, there's a, like you said, there's an overload of information there. Women come to me, they've been on the keto diet, they've become vegan, they've done vegetarianism, they've done paleo and nobody knows what is best for them. And what, if you have brain cancer, there's clear research that the ketogenic diet is the best way of eating for you. But that's with brain cancer, that's not with breast cancer. So for women with breast cancer, the research that I've done is the Mediterranean diet has a very, very low impact uh, on cancer recurrence. So what I've done is I've modified it a little bit because there is gluten and there are grains and there is sugar in the med- Mediterranean diet. So I've call it a modified Mediterranean diet of gluten-free, very low carbohydrates and very low sugar. And the good thing about that is that not only does it enable you to go anywhere and eat, you can go anywhere and get a a grilled piece of fish and a salad and some sauteed vegetables, but it's also easy for you to cook for your family because you can't be cooking one way for yourself and another way for your family. Plus your family shouldn't be eating the standard American diet either. So you asked, what can women do to reduce their risk of recurrence, divorce the standard American diet as a way of life and as a way of eating food? At the top of the list, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people advocate for like a vegan or vegetarian diet
0: with a cancer diagnosis. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, I personally believe everyone's different. Um, there's no one size fits all. Like, what are your, your thoughts on that?
1: I think there are, some, there are some people for whom being a vegan is fine but we need to be a vegan in a smart way so that you are getting enough protein. And it's not a vegan where you're eating a lot of sugar or a a lot of carbohydrates, or you're eating vegan ice cream. I mean, you need to really know what you're doing. And if you're living in the middle of the country and it's negative three or 13 degrees out, to be a vegan in the middle of winter is difficult. So if you tend to be that way, maybe you wanna do that during the warm summer months, May, April, April, May, June, July, August, September, maybe you wanna do that six months. But I think that following the seasons for how we eat makes a lot of sense and it's very healthy. So people naturally tend to eat lighter in the warm summer months. And in the cold winter months, it's okay to eat heavier foods.
0: Okay, great. Yeah. Cause I think there's a lot of people that say eat a vegan or vegetarian diet when you have a cancer diagnosis, but then afterwards, after you kind of have a remission, it's good to go back to animal protein. Like, you don't need to stay that way forever. I think uh, a lot of people genetically can't handle that type of diet. True. And again, it's like, you know, everyone is different. So just uh, for people that have heard that, you know, get that recommendation to eat vegan or vegetarian, everyone is different. I think it should only be temporary and et cetera. So- Um, So any ways that women can further reduce their their risk of occurrence of breast cancer?
1: If you have a family history where a mother, an aunt, or a grandmother, somebody removed, a cousin has had breast cancer, it's not a bad idea to do something called the Dutch hormonal panel. And what that is, it's a urine and a saliva test, and it tells you how your body is breaking down your estrogen and your hormones. And so if there is a family breast cancer occurrence or um, I think that's, for me, that's the standard where place I start. So I start there and then I may do a gut test to see how the health of your gut is. And then I review, you know, my five steps, nutrition, supplements, what testing are they doing, monitoring your health emotional trauma, and lifestyle. So we go through all of those together. We take it as a whole package because there's not just one thing that creates breast cancer. There's not just one thing that's going to reduce your risk of it occurring in the first place. And there's not just one thing that will reduce your risk of it returning for a recurrence.
0: Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about your two programs that you have to help women and support them you know, through their treatment protocols and
1: afterwards. So they're both very similar in that they're live group coaching and both have an online educational component to it, where they get my research on, they have 24 seven full-time access to the onboard from the internet where the program is stored. There's five chapters that are filled with functional medicine, science references, uh, how to eat, what supplements to take, how to prepare emotionally. And, but the, the the lifestyle of what you're going through when you're going through treatment is different than when you've completed active treatment and now you're moving on to, um, you want to keep it from coming back. So there are two, two different phases. And I actually think there's the third phase in between there, which is recovering from active treatment because you're done, um, you're That's finished. That's not easy to recover from.
0: No. It's not easy. I watched my father go through that and it's-, it's And a he bit. probably
1: had a lot of radiation, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. So radiation is a very mixed bag. I think, unfortunately, when radiation is recommended, the side effects of it are not discussed at all or not discussed in enough detail. I mean,
0: my father lost 120 pounds. Okay. Yeah. But he did during chemo too.
1: Right. So was he overweight when he yeah, started? He was, okay. he was, yeah. For a normal woman, if she lost that much, we she wouldn't be here.
0: Yeah. Well, that's you know, kind of what was scary about it, you know, the, the, that he lost that much weight. There are
1: many ways to lose weight. That shouldn't be one of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that was scary, I'm sure. Because, well, also it was his. I've treated somebody with esophageal cancer. You know, it impacts your ability to eat and everything. Yeah. And a lot of times they just put in a, a tube directly into the stomach.
0: Yeah, yeah exactly, that's exactly what happened.
1: <laughs> yeah, and they feed them, the, the liquid they feed them is filled with glucose so yeah, this, it's not exactly this, healthy for no, you no it's not definitely not no it was horrible i have somebody on that right now so they're a little different empowered through treatment is different than empowered against recurrence but the commonality is you want to understand where you are in your cancer journey you want to embrace it so this you know this breast cancer was plopped down on your path and how do we approach adversarial moments or surprising moments in our life that we didn't choose. I mean, nobody chooses to get breast cancer. Nobody chooses to get into a car accident. I mean, we don't choose certain things, but how can we approach this from an educated perspective uh, and realize and it as your path for now? This is my path for now. I didn't volunteer for this. I'm sort of upset about it, but you know, I'm gonna learn everything I can and make the best out of it for my body and for my attitude. And attitude is very, very important. You can be, you can have the same thing going on a day. And if your switch is turned to the off location, you can have a very bad day. And there are meditations in which you really look at that switch. How did it get turned off? And what do you need to do to get it turned on? And why are you feeling the way you're feeling right now? I mean, what's the messaging? And so... Every day is precious, so we need to make the most out of it. And what choices, the choices that you make every day really impact your health and how you live. So are you going to choose to eat that sugar thing, which you then know is going to be cancer, you know, gas for the cancer gas tank, or are you going to, you know, eat a piece of fruit instead of a chocolate chip cookie? I mean, I go into places now and there are those sugar stuff, which I just doesn't, it's like I have an off switch for that. I used to be a pastry chef, so I really appreciate finely baked goods. And what I've done is taken that skill set and created a whole bunch of gluten-free, extremely low, if not no sugar products that people can make themselves and put them in the freezer so they have them when they want them. That's an empowered approach to life. Yeah, I love that. Used to be a pastry chef, and (laughs) it created sugar-free recipes.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. Um, And yeah, let's talk about mindset a little bit more because that's so important. Like how you perceive something that's happened to you or how you approach it? How important is mindset and how do you uh, teach people to turn that around?
1: I think mindset is the first thing that I start with all the time for any disease. That's how important I think it is. The physiology is there. The biochemistry is there. The diagnose, diagnostic workup is there, but the mindset is where we need to start, I think. And not enough people are talking about it. And as a homeopath, I have you know the ability to give people remedies, which can really help alter their mindset and their experience because mindset develops over, you know, I think mindset is determined when we're little and it takes a long time and a lot of energy to even realize that the mindset we were raised with or that was created in us as children, isn't really who we want to be now. And it takes energy to pick yourself up from that rut and place yourself on a healing path that's that you're choosing as an adult and that takes practice and it takes energy and you need support and there isn't any messaging for that in our society what we get in our society for women is there's this one ad it drives me crazy it's for antidepressant the woman oh no uh, bipolar medication the house is a mess and the woman is sitting there there's dishes in the sink the bed's not made why is it the house being a mess the woman's problem Number one, why isn't it both people's problems who live in the house, a man and a woman, two women, whatever, it's both people's responsibilities. How did the woman get there that she's so upset that she's not able to function? None of that is discussed. The house is a mess. She takes a pill. And the next scene, uh, the house is spick and span. The beds are made. And you know this gets my blood pressure rising all, every time. What is the messaging for women about our health, our responsibilities? Who, who is helping us to take care of the household? Why is it only our job? It's two people. you know. If you live with somebody, it's two people's responsibilities. So, um, and what happened that got the woman there in the first place? I have a patient who was diagnosed with bipolar And really, when we dissected what happened to her leading up to that event, it was years of emotional suppression of her trauma that she couldn't take it anymore. And then she just just boiled over into this diagnosis. And it's taken seven years for her to get off of all of her psych meds and fire a lot of her friends who are not healthy for her and really reinvent her life. And she's doing beautifully now. But, you know, it was dedicated work on both of our parts to help achieve that but that's available to you all at any moment that's available to you all once you put yourself on the healing path and really set your intention then the universe is going to guide you to bring you to the right people to help you because you can't do it by yourself So tell us where we can learn more about
0: your work, uh, access your programs, where we find you.
1: The easiest way to find me is through my website and it's Carol, C-A-R-O-L. And then my last name is spelled a little weird. It's L-O-U-R-I-E.com. And I have all this information on my website. I have contact me, send me an email and okay. I will respond. I respond to everybody.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Carol, thank you so much for joining us on the Myers Talks podcast. And I love talking about this topic because I think there's, uh, I've had several friends die of cancer and my father died of his cancer treatments. And so it's really important to get, you know, empowered information about what to do if you get that diagnosis. So thank you so much for the work that you do.
1: Thank you for having me. It's really been wonderful to be here. Yes. And everyone, thanks so much. I'm Wendy Myers.
0: Uh, thanks for tuning in to the Myers Detox podcast, where every week I bring you the world's experts to help you upgrade and improve your, your physical, mental, and emotional health because you deserve to feel good. And uh, I try to you know bring you these guests every week to help you do that and identify things that you, you may have missed on your health journey. So thanks for tuning in and I'll talk to you guys next week.